You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, going to be talking about Kentucky's running back room. It's getting very, very thin, and there's cause for concern heading into the Week 2 matchup with the Florida Gators. Also going to talk about Kentucky's offensive game plan as a whole. Can the Wildcats afford to be one-dimensional against Florida this Saturday? Going to talk about that. And then finally, going to discuss maybe some issues on the defensive line, maybe a lack of push, what that could do uh, in this Florida matchup later on in the week. And finally, hey, Coach John Calipari may be announcing some new home uniforms tomorrow. For the basketball team, I'm going to talk about that later on the show. Before we get to the running back room, I just want to say right here at the top of the episode so that we don't say it 20 minutes in, subscribe to the YouTube channel. You're going to have a lot of new, uh, new content coming out here in the next few days, a lot of football-related stuff as we continue to wade deeper into the season. So, so glad college football is back. Also going to be talking about Kentucky basketball as the season draws closer. Really, really fun year for Kentucky Athletics as a whole. Make sure you are subscribed if you are not already. If you're listening on podcast, go subscribe to the YouTube channel. And if you don't want to do that, you can head over to our Twitter at LockedOnUK and you can follow us there as well. Chris Rodriguez, star running back for the Wildcats, as expected, is out for week two versus Florida. We knew that this was coming. We think he's going to be suspended for two more games after this. But it's not great for the Kentucky offense, obviously. What's even worse is that Ramon Jefferson, according to head coach Mark Stoops, will be out for several weeks with an injury. FCS transfer from Sam Houston State, All-American running back at that school, had two carries for 10 yards, if I'm not mistaken, against Miami of Ohio. So he wasn't necessarily a factor last week, but still a very talented running back that got a lot of praise during fall camp. So it really, really stinks to see him out. And so there's two guys down in a running back room. And then what's even worse on top of that is Utah McLean, another running back that got some touches against Miami of Ohio, is now listed as week-to-week, according to Mark Stoops. So three of Kentucky's four best running backs are out. And this is what the depth chart looks like as of Monday afternoon. Gavassier Smoke is number one. Lavelle Wright, the freshman, is number two. And that's what's on the two deep, according to what Kentucky released. Now, the third running back I think I want to talk about here a second is D. Beckwith. The transfer from Tennessee also played linebacker as well for the Volunteers. We did not get to see him against Miami. Did not get a touch, rather. I, I think that Kentucky may have to use him because I don't know what else Kentucky's going to do. Smoke, Wright, McLean, and Jefferson were, were the four running backs to get touches against Miami. I don't think that Kentucky wants to go this entire game just running the ball with Cavassier Smoke and then maybe giving Lavelle, Lavelle Wright some touches. I think D. Beckwith may be in line to get one or two in this game, and we're going to talk about how Will Levis could be utilized later on in the show, but this is not a good situation. I mean, it just flat out isn't. There's, I can't sugarcoat get, coat this. I can't say, well, maybe here's why it could be better. Yeah, there are three running backs out for the Wildcats. Anytime you lose three running backs out of your five guys that you could be potentially rotating, that's a problem. It, it, there's no other way to put it. And here's the thing. On top of all of this, the offensive line situation does not really look like it's even really remotely any better. Now, I know some of you may be saying, 
when you look at Florida, and, may, and you may say, Lance, maybe you're making too big of a deal out of this. You look at Florida. They gave up over 200 yards rushing against Utah. There were, it was 5.9 yards per carry. They, they, they didn't really do things well on, on the defensive line, so maybe Kentucky kind of balances that out, and maybe it's just an average rushing output from the Wildcats. There are two things here. One could argue that Florida, excuse me, that Utah's offensive line is better than Kentucky's. I think that's fair. Kenneth Horsey for the Wildcats now slides over from left guard to left tackle, and Keonta Goodwin is still sitting at number two at that left tackle spot. I think at some point this season he gets in and he is able to take over that spot. I'm still banking on that as of right now, but we'll just have to see. Pro Football Focus thinks Kentucky's tackles were awful in this game against Miami. The offensive line as a whole was graded very poorly. Nobody in the room had a grade higher than 66, and that is not good according to PFF standards. Uh, Jagger Burton, Tayshawn Manning has 65.7 grades respectively. So I just don't, I don't know if Kentucky's on that level with Utah and, and where their offensive line sits right now. The second thing here, and I guess this works both ways, is that statistics don't always translate over from game to game. So Kentucky... I don't know if you can really bank on what the rushing output was against Miami because offensive coordinator Rich Scangarello also said that, you know, they wanted to try and throw the ball and see if they could get Will Levis comfortable doing that. But So maybe you may see the running attack improve, but also three guys are out now. So I, I just don't think that the rushing output is going to be necessarily impressive. But also at the same time, Florida is going to be playing a little bit differently. They're going to be making adjustments too. After giving up over 200 yards rushing, they're going to be finding ways to maybe shut down this Kentucky offense and force them to be one-dimensional. So I'm not particularly high or excited uh, about this Kentucky ground game heading into week two. It's definitely one of the spots that I thought would have been something that Kentucky could have leaned on this season, and it's now quickly become an area of weakness, at least on paper. Now, who knows? Cavassier, Smoke, and Lavelle Wright may be uh, really, really good this this Friday, or excuse me, this Saturday, and they may both run for over 100 yards. I don't know, but on paper and based on what we saw in Game One, and I don't think I'm 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 jumping to conclusions here. I don't think I'm overreacting. If you can't run the ball against a MAC school in the SEC, odds are if you lose three of your top five running backs, you're probably not going to be able to maintain balance offensively against another SEC school, I guess is, is the best way to put it. It's, it's simply not good. And I, I like the fact that Kentucky's trying new things on the offensive line. I like the fact that they're trying to rotate guys over. I think the move for Kenneth Horsey was a good idea. Of course, who cares what I think if, if the coaches are looking at this? Nobody cares what I think about the rotation on the offensive line. I still think Keonta Goodwin at some point will get in this season at left tackle, and maybe that helps out things. Don't know, but... Uh, pro football focus didn't like it. Uh, the fans didn't like it. I didn't like it. It was not a good performance from the O-line, and the running back room just got very, very thin. It's going to leave Kentucky in a situation, I think, where they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. That's not a revelation. I think they're going to be one-dimensional. Can they win a game playing one-dimensional football? We're going to talk about that in just a second. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you guys about the easiest and most fun way to spice up your season. It's underdog fantasy and their pick game for college football. Just look at your favorite Kentucky Wildcats stats, pick whether you think they'll end up with higher or lower than that number in this week's game, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. You can pick between two to five players for your pick'em slip, get all of your picks right, and you'll take home some cold, hard, hard cash. I actually 
can uh, can speak legitimately here. This is not a bit. The other day, I was doing some different baseball slips for Underdog Fantasy, and I had a five-player pick'em slip, and I won $400 off of it. Kyle Wright for the Atlanta Braves was the final player to hit on over, I believe it was 89 and a half, no, 88 and a half pitches, and Kyle Wright got to like 93, and then they pulled him. And that was a $400 win for me over at Underdog Fantasy. Really, really fun stuff, guys. It's really, really simple to get started, too. You can head to underdogfantasy.com, or you can download the app and sign up with promo code Locked On, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100, get $100 free. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code Locked On. All right, moving along here on the Tuesday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Daw here with you, talking about the Kentucky Wildcats offense and what they are going to do against the Florida Gators this Saturday. Obviously, we just discussed the running back room. It's going to be relatively thin heading into this game. I think a lot of people would agree Kentucky's probably not going to be able to run the ball effectively against the Gators. At least it does not look like that as of this moment. Can the Wildcats afford to be one-dimensional at Florida, and can they win a game being one-dimensional at Florida? I think to answer that question, you have to answer these questions first. Question number one, if the offensive line can't hold up consistently, either running the ball or in pass pro, how often does Kentucky try and make Levis mobile? So if we're designing plays here to kind of maybe alleviate some of the pressure off of Will Levis as a quarterback, if you're thinking in passing downs or third and long situations, okay, we've got to be able to buy him some time, why wouldn't you use Will Levis's mobility? It's an aspect of his game that needs to be utilized. Half rolls, bootlegs, maybe moving the pocket a little bit more, getting him some time to throw, especially, like I mentioned, in long yardage situations. How often does Kentucky try and get creative with the play calling and maybe alleviate some of that pressure? If they can do that, and they can do that effectively, I think that they have to look to a couple of receivers in particular in space, specifically Tavion Robinson. Second question here. How does Kentucky get Tavion Robinson open in space? We talked about this last week when we were talking about the receivers. Florida is going to try and take Tavion Robinson away. And after seeing the way Robinson played in week one against Miami, getting over 100 yards receiving, I think it's very, very clear. He's the number one target. He's going to be the go-to guy. It's one of those games here where I think that Kentucky is going to have him removed. I don't know how Florida's going to cover him, but I can only assume someone's going to have his assignment all night, and then they're going to have, Florida is going to have somebody, I guess, bracketing him as well. Again, I don't know how they're going to do it. I just know I think multiple guys are going to be looking in his direction, and it's going to force really young players to step up in a hostile environment on in situations where they need to make plays. Dane Key, Barry, and Brown. How do they perform if Tavion Robinson is not able to get into space? But I think the question here is, can Kentucky get Robinson into space, and how do they do that? Because once they get him the ball, he's able to create things after the catch, as was Wandale Robinson. So I think that's really, really important. Can Kentucky move the pocket a little bit, maybe buy Will Levis some time? I don't know how they're going to scheme it up, but they need to find ways creatively to get him some time and then get the ball to Tavion Robinson, create some yards after the catch. And then the final question here, Answering the original question, can the Wildcats afford to be one-dimensional at Florida? How does Kentucky handle time of possession? 
I think that's a legitimate question we have to ask here. It's something that you don't really think about whenever you're breaking down games or teams at the end of the year. I think when you see a complete product, you start to see the effects of time of possession on certain teams. For instance, Tennessee, I think, is a really good example of that last year. Mississippi State is also another school you could look at in time of possession. The defense for the Wildcats is solid. Let's not get it, let's not get it misconstrued. It's solid, but I think it's going to have its work cut out for them. It's a road environment, it's tough, and it's against a quarterback that can do a lot of different things in a lot of different ways, and you just have to be on high alert. It's one of those matchups where I feel like Kentucky can't afford to wear itself out for a drive on defense, stall on offense quickly, and then give the ball right back to the defense and give it back to Florida. Things, It's not going to snowball early, but things like that can tend to snowball in the third and the fourth quarters of matchups where you need to get stops, but your defense is just so gassed because you're trying to keep Anthony Richardson at bay and you're trying to contain things. And I I think it's really, really important that Kentucky on offense paces themselves. They don't go three and out quickly or they don't stall on offense quickly. They hold on to the ball. It's really, really important because think about it this way as well. Here's how things could spiral, spiral, uh, spiral out of control really quickly. Let's say Florida score, scores early. They maybe score 10 or 14 points early. Kentucky is in a deficit. They have to throw. Florida knows they have to throw and that they can't really run the ball. They put them in passing situations. Kentucky stalls quickly. They get the ball back to Florida. The defense is gassed. Wash, rinse, repeat. That's the recipe for disaster early instead of things breaking later on in the game. How does Kentucky handle time of possession? So those are the three questions I think you have to ask when answering, can the Wildcats afford to beat one-dimensional at Florida? Can they utilize Will Levis's mobility? Can they get the ball to Tavion Robinson in space? And can they pace the game correctly? I think those are the three questions you have to ask. Kentucky has the tools and the ability on offense to go out and do all three of those things, to execute and to put up enough points to win the game. But certain things have to bounce their way, and I'm curious to see how things are drawn up. I'm just curious to see how Kentucky handles it. They've got a really, really good quarterback, as does Florida, that can handle a load. He can handle a workload. But whether or not he gets the opportunity to actually execute is the question. He can't just do everything himself. He can be the truck driving the trailer, but the trailer needs to be able to actually have wheels that are comfortable driving on the road that is the swamp. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult. All right, I want to talk about the defensive line here. Before I do that really, really quick, I just want to remind you guys again, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Trying to get to 2,500 subs. Really, really excited about where our numbers are going. Speaking of numbers, I know I mentioned the, the, um, the, the YouTube channel a lot. You talk about the podcast. We are officially a top 100 basketball podcast in America right now. That's really, really exciting to hear. Uh, I I saw that just earlier. I was really, really excited about that. Let's keep it going, guys. Please, if you can, leave a five-star review for the show. We're trying to climb here as things kind of move along into the fall. Really, really excited about college football, college basketball. Going to be talking a lot about it here on the show. If you like what you see, subscribe, rate, and review. All right. Final few minutes here on the Tuesday edition of Locked on Kentucky about the defensive line here. So I saw some comments on YouTube, quite a few comments on yesterday's episode, actually, but there was one in particular that kind of stood out in the midst of several other comments that were kind of saying similar things. And this comment here is from Sonny Parker. 
He was talking about how, you know, the offensive line, it, it obviously isn't good. But Parker said this, I believe what isn't getting enough, enough attention is the lack of juice and push from the D-line. We can win, I believe, with subpar play from the O-line simply because of the level of play we seem to be getting from the skill positions. We cannot win in the SEC if we are losing both sides of the line of scrimmage. And that is a phenomenal point. It was something I was going to bring up at some point this week before we got to the Florida matchup. You can afford to lose one way on the line of scrimmage. You cannot afford to lose both because if you end up losing both, you're probably going to consistently lose games in the Southeastern Conference. Good teams can win without good offensive lines. Alabama's team last season is a really, really good example of this. Bryce Young was able to survive without... I would say I would say he had one of the, the worst offensive lines in the Southeastern Conference last year. He was able to, to survive. Alabama still put up really, really good numbers. Maybe it's not a perfect example because it's Alabama. And also at the same time, Bama had a phenomenal defensive line spearheaded by two of the best edge rushers in the country. So I, I'm not saying here that Kentucky needs to be elite up front. But to Sonny's point, they need to be better at getting after the passer at least better than what they were doing against Miami. They've got to be able to apply pressure on Anthony Richardson. They've got to be able to force him to stay in the pocket and make throws. I'm not 100% confident that Anthony Richardson can win a game with his arm. We saw him be erratic last year throwing the football. We saw him in moments against Utah show his arm strength, show some impressive throws. I just don't know if we if if Florida is forced to win a game throwing the football, can they do it with AR? I don't know. At least right now, I think if you stop Anthony Richardson, you slow down the entire offense. To be honest, running backs Montrell Johnson and Trevor Etienne, they are elite, but they intrigue me and they, they concern me as well. That's something we need to watch. I guess Florida's rushing attack as a whole against this. Kentucky defensive line is something that we need to monitor. But if you can find ways to apply pressure to Anthony Richardson, I'm just not sold that they have the receivers and they have the ability to win a game 300 yards passing. Could be completely wrong. That may end up being what happens this weekend. I just don't see it right now. Of course, I will say this to to Richardson's benefit if there are any Florida fans watching this that are typing hateful comments right now. He has some serious potential. I remember back last year, I was doing ESPN radio. uh, and On my show, we were talking about different quarterbacks. I believe it was midway through the summer. And we were talking about, you know, Anthony Richardson. And we were talking about what he could be compared to. And I said this on yesterday's show. It's a young Dak Prescott that they have back there. He could be special. He is a very legitimate athlete. We got to see him do some crazy things against Utah, he, he's, got, he, he's got some really, really serious potential. It's, it's very, very clear to see, at least to me. But they've got to be able to get that under control. They've got to be able to get him polished. So stop Anthony Richardson as of right now. I think you slow down the offense. You don't stop the offense for Florida, but you slow it down. So that's my take on the defensive line. They've got to find ways to be better, got to find ways to apply pressure, maybe utilize the linebackers a little bit more. You've got a couple of really, really good linebackers that you could utilize a little bit better in pass, or not in pass coverage, but in the pass rush. So that's my take on that. And then finally here, just to kind of wrap things up, by the way, Coach Cal announced on Twitter yesterday that there will be new home uniforms this season. So be on the lookout for that, guys. He's probably going to drop something on Twitter at some point today, if not today, tomorrow. Going to be interested to see what the designs are. No checkerboard 
has been a popular plea that I've heard from the fan base. I'm kind of in that same camp as well. It's going to be interesting to see just how much checkerboard there is on this new home uniform. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Kentucky. Really appreciate you guys sticking around. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore, and you can follow the show on Instagram over at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, leave them in the YouTube comments below or hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked on Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and God bless.